But one of the things that I miss is when somebody would come up and they, the, the, the preacher, they called me preacher over there, and, and I w- really wish they didn't do that. I wish they just called me Dave or at least pastor. But it was either reverend or preacher. And, uh, and so then the preacher there would say, would go up to somebody and say, testify. You ever hear that happen? And somebody would testify, right? And um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go 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 in easy a little bit, <laughs> and I really do want to hear testimonies because that is a continuous praise to the Lord when people are testifying of the great things that God has done and will continue to always do. You all have been through some rough stuff. There's no guarantee that you're not going to go through some more rough stuff. The guarantee that we have is that the Holy Spirit is with us every step of the way. Every step of the way. So I'm going to do, I'm going to say Jesus is. No, no, I said I was going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and you all fill in the blanks. Jesus is. Holy. Alive. Awesome, my Savior, King, Lord, my High Priest, ooh, my High Priest, somebody who tells me what to do and I'm going to, (laughs) yes, yes, you you have, you are witness to yourself on that one, yeah, (laughs) but this is what Jesus is, he is that and more. And if nothing else happened this morning, because it's the Holy Spirit who governs the, 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 the order of service, we know who Jesus is. We know how to find him. We know that Jesus saves and continues to save. And we know that one day there is going to come that day when no man of the, the, the species man of the gender man and woman will have an excuse except that Jesus is my Savior or no. May it be Jesus is my Savior, my King, my Lord of Lords, my High Priest, my Healer my baptizer in the Holy Spirit, my coming King. That's who Jesus is. Amen? Amen. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. I got a lot to, to, to say in a short time to say it. And so I said, Lord, this is in your hands. You got the timer. You do anything you want to the message, like me giving him permission, right? Uh, and, and we'll do what needs to be done in your name. In your name. But I wanted to preface, I'm going to, go, I'm going to go in, I'm looking for a place to put stuff. We're going to um, do a, 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 a kind of a retake a little bit on uh, the book of Ruth. On uh, Pastor touched on something uh, last Sunday and, and I just felt that we could continue on in that, in that vein. But first, I've got uh, some adventure stories to tell you that that really do apply. So you're going to have to stick with me on this. I was in Zambia 
I don't know if any of you know where that is. It's in Africa, but where? That's the test question, okay? And, and we had to go to a place called Luwampa from Zimba. And we went all the way around, the, all the way around Zambia, uh, all the way around to Lusaka, which is the capital, and, and uh, close to the border of the Congo. And then we dropped down into this missionary compound called Luwampa. Well, we, we, when it was time to go back and we drove all this, I had my, my, my missionary doctor with me and, um, and then our interpreter named Leonard. I think they did that so that we could have a name that we could pronounce on there. And we had to go back. Well, we didn't, the doctor didn't want to go back that other way because it was a long way and oh, by the way, we got robbed and we didn't want to go back there and get robbed again. Uh, the way they rob you is um, if they see any vehicles with stuff tied on the top of the car, of the, and we were in a, a, a Land Rover, um, you get stopped for a traffic violation. Really? In the middle of absolutely nowhere, going 60 kilometers an hour, which is like, isn't that like 45? And you get pulled over for speeding and you go into this big lot where there's a bunch of other vehicles with stuff on top and you have to leave your vehicle and get asked questions and of course we weren't speeding but that wasn't the motivation the motivation was while we were being questioned was that everything on the top of the vehicle was taken and then we were allowed to go and so in the middle of absolutely nowhere, as the sun was going down, we had a campfire and rice. To eat, and that was our supper, but everything else was, was gone. We, we were robbed. So we didn't want to go back that way. And so the doctor had a GPS. Now, this is in 1998. It's not like GPS in Siri now. It's not. And, and so we're headed out. We have a map of Zambia. We're here. Zimba Mission Hospital is there. Victoria Falls is there. Oh, it looks easy. Straight line. Turn on the GPS. And we're out in the middle of nowhere. No roads. It says turn left. And about every 15 minutes, turn left. Turn left. After about an hour or so, we were right back where we started. Nothing but left turns. We eventually got there. But one, one problem was Leonard kept saying, keep your windows rolled up. Say what? Uh, Africa? Hot? Keep your windows rolled up? And so the doc and I, we go, yeah, yeah. And we kind of rolled it down just a crack because he was adamant, keep your windows rolled up. And we rolled it down about that much so at least I could feel the, the, the wind as we were going 20 miles an hour. I got bit. I got bit. I don't know if you can, if you, if it's up there. There it is. You see that puppy? That's the, that's the family portrait of a tsetse fly. And they're about as big as a small wasp. And that little thing there, the little pointy thing there, that's what I got bit with. It basically stabbed me in the neck. And it hurt. And this is why Leonard said, keep the windows rolled up. So TC flies wouldn't come in and bite you. But I got worried. But didn't, didn't um, uh, uh, TC flies uh, carry sleeping sickness? Oh, yeah, but 
there's no problem here because only if uh, it first bites an elephant and then bites you will you get sleeping sickness. I rolled my window up anyway. And uh, the doctor did not roll his window up. If you're watching, Doc, I'm not going to give your name, but you know who you are. Next time, roll up your window, please. I got bit. You didn't. And we, we were still uh, driving along. And before we get to the next picture, I, I, we stopped at a place and we needed directions. And they were actually a little tribe of people building a road with nothing but Maddox's. Maddox? It looked like a pickaxe with a, with a flat side on one, on, on one end. And they were, it looked like they were making ditches on both sides of the road. What they were doing, they were making ditches and putting the, in, in their, they didn't have Lowe's buckets or wheelbarrows. They had woven baskets of dirt. They would take those and put it on the road. They saw us come and we saw them working faster so that we could pack down their dirt with our Land Rover. Well, we stopped and we had to ask directions. And we asked through their interpreter, through Leonard, which way to Lusaka? And they, and they look at the sun and they go, um, that way, and they pointed. Okay, how far is it? Because our GPS is sending us in circles. Look at the sun. He says, not far. Okay, okay. How long will it take to get there? And they look at the sun. You got it. Not long. And so we're about as lost as ever. And here we go. Well, we stopped at a pond. And we looked at uh, uh, a place where hippos were supposed to be. And we went close to the water because we thought it was a, a dumb thing, a dumb rule for people not to go close to the water. What do you mean don't go close to the water? I'm not swimming. I'm just looking. And I won't tell you about the time when I was in Ethiopia a, a missionary and his wife were at a lake in Ethiopia and she went close to the water, didn't even touch it, and a crocodile took her. Don't go close to the water. Okay? It sounded like a dumb rule. Okay? Well, anyway, we, we, were, we were there and looking and we saw some uh, uh, movement in some trees and we heard some crashing. Now, it wasn't just brush crashing. It was... Trees breaking. And then we saw something else. And it was an elephant. It was an elephant. The tsetse fly has to bite the elephant before it bites me to give me sleeping sickness. There it is. And the reason you see a photograph like that is because it had its calf. That's the mama. And we hurried up and got in the Land Rover. Doctor started it up. It was a bench seat. I'm in the middle. Manual transmission with a, the, the gear shift on the floor. That's for us country people. We, we still use gear shifts on the floor. And the driver's side was on the wrong side. 
and I was in the middle, and, and what's his name? Uh, Leonard was here, and Doc was driving. And here comes this elephant charging us. With the, it's, it's, it looked a lot meaner than it is in this picture. And so we started up the car. The doctor took my camera, rolled down his window all the way this time, and was doing this and trying to shift into second gear, and he hit third gear. So we're really going nowhere fast. He'd beaten my knees up trying to find second gear, taking pictures of this elephant, and Leonard's over there going, close the window, close the window, close the window. We were going to die. This elephant was going was gonna, to gonna get us. And so we finally got off and, and got going, and, uh, and uh, the doctor was, was uh, very agitated with uh, Leonard. Why are you always telling us to close the window? We know what we're doing. We're missionaries. We're here to help you. Why are you telling us what to do? Yeah. And he said, it is very simple, doctor. If you don't close the window, the titsi flies will bite you. If you don't close the window, the elephant, when it stops you, will reach in with its trunk, pull you out through the window, and step on you. Now I'm starting to learn. I'm starting to appreciate my instructions. And so we stop on the way again, and here we are, dumb as brick missionaries, no offense, missionaries, but, but guys and ladies, sometimes please get it right when you're in somebody else's country. We stop because I saw two things in the road. One was a trophy I wanted. And one was a trophy the doctor wanted. My trophy was a big old volleyball-sized piece of elephant dung. And I thought, man, that would look good under a, a glass covering back home. And um, my wife said, absolutely not. And so I didn't. But the doctor saw the skull of a, of, a, of, a, of a buffalo. And you'll see it here in a second. And he picked that up. And Leonard said, um, uh, you, don't want to, uh, you don't want to take that. Why? It's dead. It's poaching. And the, the soldiers will kill you. And the doctor said, and here we go we finally found hours many hours later we finally find the road and we turn left it's the only choice we had left or right we turn left on a guess and and way down the road you could see a a, a little spots and and leonard told us those are the soldiers and we stopped the car and we left the skeleton off on the road. We finally listened to, to what we were told to do. Okay? So I use my own self and my doctor as examples of how it's so hard for some of us to listen without questioning. And this is what uh, 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 brings us back into Naomi and Ruth. You see, it's all about submission. And some of us, especially the men, we hate that word. What do you mean submission? We're the ones that telling the wives to submit. Remember when Pastor touched on that ever so expertly? 
<laughs> I don't even bring that up at home. I just say, yes, honey. Yes, dear. Here we go. But, but it's about submission. And when you're, when you're at the feet of somebody, as, as was, was Ruth, there is submission there. And there's all kinds of examples in Scripture that we might not be able to get to during the time I have up here. And that is basically you're submitting to a, a set of feet that belongs to somebody who has authority over you. And it would be a good thing to kind of listen up to them. And we are a people who, who, who become quickly satisfied that we are born again, that we are redeemed, that we are on our way to heaven and then we forget everything else about all the how-tos, how to love, how to believe, how to give, how to forgive, how to live, how to listen, and how to do. Wow. Christians, if I can, if I can uh, uh, encourage you, if, if we hear nothing else, hear what Jesus is saying in his echo in, 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 in Matthew, when he likens a, a, a wise man to one that, that hears and does. And he is like a man whose house was built on a stone. Everybody else's homes were built on sand and they got washed away in the storm. Amen? I heard some amens here. Very, I, I, heard, I heard you. So Now, in Ruth it says, Now Boaz... This is... Um, uh, Naomi talking to her. Now, Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley, barley, barley on the threshing floor. And then here comes the instructions. Wash yourself. Put on perfume. Get dressed in your best clothes. Go down to the threshing floor, but don't let them know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he, is lying, uh, when he lies down, note the place where he is lying, then go and uncover his feet, lie down, and then he will tell you what to do. Okay? I, I counted eight items. Okay? What part in there did Ruth say, say what? What? You know what they're going to think? You know what's going to happen? I ain't going to do that. I don't even hardly know the guy. He's a nice guy, but he's giving me barley because he knows you. She didn't say that. What did she say? I will do whatever you say. And then she did. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. And then Boaz, and, and, and you remember last, uh, last Sunday, uh, Boaz woke up, said, who are you? And then she told him, and, and, and he told her exactly what Ruth, what Naomi said would happen. 
Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another one who is more closely related uh, than I. Uh, stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, uh, good, let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. And then he says something. Lie here until morning at the feet. And so she lay at his feet until the morning. My goodness, when we tell our children to do something, wouldn't that be something if they were, if they were that compliant? When I tell my employees to do something, wouldn't that be wonderful if they did it <laughs> and, and, and were uh, compliant? But I have to call them into my office, not all of them, but every once in a while, the ones who tend to move the moods of the other ones and bring them in and reel them in and have to explain to them everything. Okay? And, and there comes a time where, where the explanation is no more. But, but often we ask each other questions, even if it comes and says, the Lord wants you to do this. The Lord spoke to, to our hearts one time and told us, you're going to Brazil. Okay? Before that, I told Debbie, I says, I think we're called to go to Ukraine. She said, no way. I think we're called to go to Africa. She said, no way. I'm not going to leave my bride. And I said, Later on, I said, what about Brazil? And she said, we need to pray. And two years later, we found ourselves in Brazil. Here's what the Lord did. We had to follow his word, right? You can listen to it, but following it is a whole different thing. In church, we need to... We need to Step up to the plate because we're so accustomed to hearing God's word, but not so accustomed to following his word, to doing his word. Unless it is, there's pleasure in it and it is easy. Okay, Lord, what are we going to do? And as we're reading through scripture, Jesus told the, the, the rich young ruler, sell everything you have and give to the poor and come follow me. Long story short, we sold everything we had. Well, the poor didn't have the money to get what they needed actually to do business. All my tools, I was rebuilding cars. All my woodworking tools, I built furniture. Everything, Debbie's sewing machine, everything that we ever owned. And so we ended up, we just short-circuited. We just gave our stuff to people who need it. Okay, and I'm not saying that to say, look what Brother Dave did. I'm saying that because we're inquiring of the Lord. What do we do? And he says, do this. And so we did. And we went down to, to, um, uh, to Brazil on a one-way ticket with no thought of when are we coming back. But we were con content in this, that we were following what the Lord wanted us to do. 
We didn't understand it. And I doubt that that Ruth understood much of what her mother-in-law and her kinsman redeemer were telling her. But they but she did it. And so we went to Brazil obedient to the Lord. And please, if you ever do anything that uh, make sure it is in obedience to the Lord. Okay. now then he said this. He said, bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. And when she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Does anybody know what six measures of barley barley is? You know what an ephah is? I'm not testing you on purpose because I had to do some research. An ephah is barley, or a measure of barley is about eight pounds of grain. And he took her shawl, must have been a big one, and he poured onto that shawl about 48 pounds of grain for Naomi. And then he put the bundle on her. And my wife and I were talking now in Africa and in the Mideast, a lot of times the women put bundles on their heads and they, and they walk around and they get a lot of stuff done that way. Or they put a, a, a something on their head that supports the, a big sack on their back. Either way, she received 60 days' supply of food for Naomi. Isn't that something? That if we do something in obedience to the Lord, not only are we blessed, but the people around us are blessed as well. We need to think about that. When Ruth came to, to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? And then she told her everything it says in the Word that Boaz done for her and added, he gave me these six measures of barley saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. And then Ruth said, uh, then Naomi said this to Ruth, said, sit still, my daughter, until you know the manner, the matter, how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this Day. It has been said that Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. You've heard that? Jesus is still at work redeeming men's hearts from the grave. Saving them. We call it being born again. Well, he called it being born again. You must be born again. He is still there. So if that's the case, then Jesus even now is still at work and he is not resting until he has concluded the matter. And that matter is probably, and I know a group of men talked about this, you know, about the, uh, uh, the um, um, what do you call it, the taking up, okay? That pretty much might be when he's done. But wait, there's more. Um, the Holy Spirit goes with the church and, and more are going to be saved during that time that, that the church is taken away. It's just that they will often pay with their lives for their decision. 
So uh, Jesus is done when Jesus is done. But until right now, our kinsman redeemer is not done. And so Naomi told Ruth, wait, it's not over. Now, I want to talk to you about somebody else. And this is out at, at 2 Kings. I want to talk to you about somebody else who reminded me in the, in the wilderness in Zambia. Remember the know-it-all missionary? Naaman was a general, a very successful general in Syria. You can, you can uh, read that in, in 2 Kings chapter 5. I'm just going to go over it real quickly for you. He was a mighty and famous general. And, and the, the king loved him. He had power. Okay? Now, the problem with Naaman was that he also had leprosy. And the king wrote a letter to the, to the king of Israel saying, uh, here's, here's Naaman, please heal him of his leprosy. I'm really cutting it short, okay? Read it, okay? And then the, 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 the king of Israel said, Who am I? What, why, is he, why is he talking to me? And so he sent him off to the prophet's house, which would be Elisha. And so here comes Naaman the king to Elisha's house. Now this is where you've got to put on your imagination. I've already used mine up. You might have a different imagination. But you're talking about the, the most popular general likely in Syrian history at that time. Beloved by his king and seeking to get healed from leprosy. That disease that causes outcasts among people. Okay? So here he comes. I'm picturing Elisha in his, in his little house writing something. And Gehazi, his servant, is probably doing something. And you hear the ground starting to shake. You hear a rumble. The Bible doesn't talk about that. It just says he showed up and knocked at the door. But I'm going to fill in the blanks. I'm, I, I, and I told my wife, and yes, she did laugh at me. I, I, I said, here's General Naaman showing up in his chariot tank. Generals drive tanks, so I figured a tank. You know, his chariot tank, and he brought stuff with him. Now, this is what he brought with him. 750 pounds of silver. That's worth about 60,000 now. And 2,000... 160 troy ounces of gold, which now is worth about just under $4 million. Okay? And 10 changes of fine clothing, probably an extra tuxedo, and his new improved Adidas running sandals. He was ready to go. And so here he comes in his chariot tank. Well, they must have also had chariot U-Hauls. To, to hold all the silver, all the gold, all the clothes, and all the servant chariots of the supporting crew that go around with the general. And it says he came up and, and, and uh, knocked on the door. I think he probably beat on the door. And Gehazi answered. And Naaman said, I am here to be healed from leprosy. Gehazi shuts the little thing on the door, goes to Elisha, 
was writing there. I imagine it was a quill pen. I don't know if feathers were invented then, you know, so. And he probably didn't even look up and he says, uh, go tell him, take a bath. Seven times. Gehazi goes out and tells Naaman, the prophet said, go take a bath. <laughs> go wash yourself seven times in the river. And Naaman just blows a gasket. He goes, say what? Say what? Say what? Now notice the difference real quick. Eight things, eight, eight things that Naomi told Ruth. A couple of things that Boaz told Ruth. One thing that Gehazi told Naaman, and he blows a gasket. It's right up there with roll up the window. Okay? And he, and he the Bible says he was furious and he leaves. And he's talking to himself. Well, who is doing this? What is this? Don't they know I'm the general? I'm a, I'm a friend of the king. I am a great and mighty general. I have power. I have a, my own personalized, probably, I don't know who signed it, the last loser, on my chariot tank. I have money. I have clothes. I could buy off anybody and buy anything. And I have this. A letter. Hey guys, come on, don't knock the props, okay? <laughs> I have a letter from my king saying, you're going to heal me. And you telling me to go and, and, and wash, take a bath? I'm out of here. And who did he listen to but his own, his own people who said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, hey, general, um... Um, if he'd have told you to go blow something up, build a dam across the river or a bridge or something, wouldn't you have done it? If he would have told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? And all he is telling you is to go dip yourself in the river. And so he went and he dipped himself seven times in the river. Before that, he says, hey, I got two rivers a whole lot better than this one. How come I couldn't do it there? And so he went and dipped himself in the river. And when he came up seven times, I'm saving this for the next one. <laughs> he came up, he says it was like the baby of a skin, uh, the, the, the skin of a baby. Isn't that something? If we would just listen to the Lord, we wouldn't go through so much frustration and agony and finger pointing and posturing and everything. If we would just but listen and that's a challenge to us jeremiah to to name a few um and there's a lot of them in jeremiah remember when when god said um as long as you do that i can't bless you and you bring it all on your heads i'm really packing it in here and he says but if you return i'll forgive you and i'll bless you and you'll be my people and then he said but you're not going to do it Okay, give them a decision. It's about a choice. There's a man, he is with the Lord now. His name is Charles McFeeters. If you've never heard of him, Google it. He's not the greatest singer. His band was called the, um, I think it was the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the Bible book. Can't remember now. Um, Bible Belt. Um, 
band, something like that, and a believer's band. And he had a little song in there, and I, all I've heard for many years, all I could remember is the, the last part. I finally found it in Google, but I'm not going to sing you the song because I can't sing through my nose. This guy, he just a nasally thing. But the thing that got me for years was, and it had to do with telling people about Jesus, about forgiveness, about repentance, and everything else. And he'd have this little, this little song, and he goes, I try to tell you, but you don't listen to me. Put, put your own music to it. But now you've got to find that song, okay, and do that. So it, it's, it, you'll laugh, but he's talking about people going to hell and everything else. But anyway, they didn't listen to God. Jesus told the rich young ruler, he said, he said I want to follow you. What I do? Go sell your stuff? Give to the poor and follow me. And he walked away sad. He couldn't do it. And then God uh, uh, told even his people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Remember those? And confess and repent and words like that. What will he do? He will hear from heaven. He will will forgive their sins. He will heal their land. Folks, when we obey the Lord, and first you've got to listen to him, and obey him, it's not just we who benefit, the land benefits too. Families benefit as well. Case in point, we'll fast forward to the book of Acts. Paul and Silas are in prison. Matter of fact, they're in, they're in the deeper area of prison. Okay? And the jailer must have been somewhere close by. But they were praising the Lord in prison. They were beaten, they were shackled, and they were singing praise to the Lord. And then, remember the, the story of the great, there's a big earthquake, and even the doors were shaken open, and people were, were at risk of escaping. And the jailer was going to do what? He was getting ready to commit suicide. Call it like it is. Oh, he was just going to fall on his sword. Yeah, yeah, that's self-destruction. That's suicide. And what did uh, Peter say? Hey, stop. Don't do it. We're here. We didn't escape. And he came into Peter and said, what, 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 what must I do to be safe? And he said, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And then the Bible says they told him about Jesus. He accepted Jesus right there. They, the jailer unshackled them, took them home, anointed their wounds, gave them food, and allowed for his whole family to be saved. The jailer benefited only? No, his whole family benefited. Praise the Lord for this. One heard, many received. What is the Lord talking to us now? How many times have we been offended? Because that's usually the chief issue with, with, with people nowadays. We're bombarded by news media and hate, 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 hate. And then we get our weekly dose of love and grace and blessing every Sunday. And we take offense 
and offense, and then we talk to other people about the offense that we have taken. What, what, what's wrong with that? Well, as a believer, there's a, lot, there's a lot wrong with that. But we need to listen to the Lord. The Gibeonites, remember them in Joshua's day? Remember what the Lord said? He said, don't, uh, don't uh, uh, take uh, people who are not from you. Don't protect them. And he said, okay, and then brought in the Gibeonites and then us. Well, there's a place we were at in Brazil uh, while we lived there. We went to Rio de Janeiro, and actually it's called Rio de Janeiro. The, the R has an H sound. We were there. We were there, and that, that, that statue of the Christ is magnificent and big and hard to get to and a lot of steps. And I remember my Debbie saying, finally, I'm at the feet of Jesus. And a lot of people uh, uh, were there. But, you know, there was a, there was a, a, a time when, uh, uh, you remember the, the, the story about Martha and Mary, and Jesus was there, and Martha was tending to Jesus at his feet, and 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 uh, no no Mary was and then Martha was cooking. Okay, folks, there's such a thing as uh, and some of us who who in or if if you've ever been in service in the church, um, uh, you feel kind of uh, overworked sometimes. And and with that then comes the attitude. Well, how come more people don't show up? Okay, when I first showed up at the at the lot, and oh my goodness, it was a jungle. Everybody have an encounter with a mesquite tree? Mesquite trees win. They win. And uh, I had blood all over my. I had long sleeve shirts and blood all over my shirt, and I'm thought. I thought I am not going to roll up my sleeve. I don't want to know how many stitches I need. And it was just a little poke. You can't even see a little scratch. But mesquite trees win. And the first thing out of my mouth was, where are all the young people? Where are they at? I wanted to throw somebody else at the mesquite tree is what I wanted. You know, but praise the Lord, a lot of people, a lot of people show up. But uh, I am too busy is one of the reasons for not serving in the church and each other. And I know Martha was cooking in a frenzy and she was going to serve the Lord, literally serve him up. But it would have been nice. This is a side note for her to have for her to have help. Folks, we need to be found sitting at the feet of Jesus, who is our kinsman redeemer. We really do. okay? and to listen to him. And isn't that something how many of you know and you can raise your hands on this. How many of you know of others who have been blessed because you obeyed the Lord? One? Two? Okay. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Even people who don't even know the Lord are going to be blessed. I like this scripture here in Proverbs. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart. And lead not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. And this is the big stumbling block. We have to trust. 
uh, here in our country. We trust us. We have been taught. And I think it's a good thing to to raise up your children to be able to be um, uh, able to do things on their own, able to um, uh, think rationally, able to have uh, uh, initiative, insight, innovation, and able to uh, 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 not be easily confused. There is that trust. But God says trust Him with all of our heart, not to trust me with all of my heart. And, and to, if I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, to lean on to His. In all my ways acknowledge Him, and then He'll do the driving. He'll direct my paths. Ruth trusted Naomi. If she did not, she would not have done what Naomi said. She trusted her kinsman redeemer. If she did not, she would not be found at any man's feet through the, throughout the night. Would not have. There's trust involved. It is our own understanding that often gets in our way. So what is the Lord telling, uh, telling you to do and telling me to do? In Matthew, he's, he's, he told us a few times to, he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Right now you're hearing. The proof in the pudding, folks, is when you're doing. Okay? Uh, hearing is good. Doing is better. What is he telling you? Is he telling you to love as he loves you? Or is your love conditional because somebody hurt your feelings? Do we not fight that every day? Okay. Is he telling you to forgive, to release the offense that somebody has given you, has put on to you, and truly offended you? Uh, if somebody had said something at the, at the um, um, you know, working yesterday, and, the, and if I was to allow that word to offend me, I would have left then and there. But I asked the Lord, what shall I do with this? You know what he said? Forgive him and go to work. <laughs> so and that was before I got bit with that, that tree. So and then I worked. And after work, I went home and I had myself about a three and a half hour nap. To rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. What is he telling you? He tells us to diligently read his word for, your, for ourselves. Be diligent. It says study to show yourself approved unto God. Not your Sunday school teacher. A workman who is not ashamed and able to rightly discern, the, divide the word of truth. He tells you how to believe. Just do it. Just believe. He tells you how to hope and how to pray. And folks, can I tell you this from somebody who's been there as well? Can we give God time to talk as well when we pray? Praying is not a one-way conversation. If we can't worship the Lord, hush. Let Him speak to you. Let Him teach you how to worship. I've been through a really, 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 put some more reallys behind that, hard time last week at work there was a coup going on a coup attempt and and it was bad it was bad 
Was I innocent? Well, isn't that what everybody says? I was innocent. I didn't do it. But yeah, you got to believe me, I was. But <laughs> nevertheless, there was a coup attempt. I have, I have uh, uh, 16 people and the, and the hate and discontent was starting to run amok. And I called up my, 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 my district director of operations and said, there's a fire burning, you're going to need to come down here. And you might have to relieve me of my duties if, if what has happened is true. I went home and all my wife had to do was look at me and she said, honey, something's wrong, you need to pray. And now, how much of that is annoying when you're going through a lot of stuff and somebody says, well, you need to pray. How many of us, don't raise your hands, get a little annoyed? Well, it's easy for you to say. But you know what? I went and prayed. And Lord, what do I do? How about telling me how wonderful I am? Oh, Lord, you are magnificent. You are great. You are God. There was no one like you. Thank you for giving me high favor. I believe you have given me high favor. My director shows up. He also shows up with some gifts. We got a major, major, major award that it's very hard to get. And then administration calls him up. We would like to talk to your, your regional director of operations. And I thought, oh, here it goes. And we would like to talk to him ourselves without you there. <sighs> what am I to do? Worry or to pray? Thank you, Lord, for the high favor you have given me. Even from the technicians who are, who are fighting. And he comes down shaking his head. He goes, David, I can't tell you what they said because... All they could say was how great you were and how great your department is. And they used the word like outstanding and spectacular and everything else. And that come from praising the Lord and thanking Him for high favor. Follow directions, folks. Let's do it. Follow those directions. Didn't say understand them. I said, I said, follow them. The Lord didn't speak to my heart and say, give me a list and I'll see what I can handle. He said, praise me. Worship me. He already knew. Praise the Lord. So he's going to teach us how to pray and how to listen and how to speak softly to avoid causing wrath. And he's going to teach us how to listen to him and then do what he said. Will, will, will you do all that he says? You know, I think, I think as a church we need to make this proclamation. Okay, now don't, don't go historical on me and say, well, that's what the people of Israel said. They never did keep their word. The point, fact of the matter is they said, everything you tell us to do, we will do it. I want to talk about Jeremiah right now when they told him, go ask God what to do and we'll do it. And he says, God says, don't go that way. And they said, you're lying. We're going to Egypt. 
Man, people, work is fine, but then there's people. So we need to determine in our heart that, Lord, what you tell us to do, we shall do. Even if it's to go clean up a parking lot that somebody else trashed for us. That we shall do it. Amen? Stand with me. We have uh, the, the, the uh, communion tables to the right and to the left here. It's a, it's a, uh, a thing about if, if when the Lord has touched you and, and especially when you ask him, you inquire of him or you swear an oath, you tell the Lord, I want to do what you tell me to do. You're going to have to show me how, but the want is there. Then, then seal it with a communion. It's just between you and the Lord. I know we have prayer warriors in here. Ladies, gentlemen. I said ladies first because most prayer warriors come from your area. Just saying. Um, please don't let anyone be alone. If they, need, if they need prayer. If they need prayer. And if you need prayer... Uh, I'm talking to my prayer warriors. You'll get it. Uh, please minister to people. Okay? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that, that in many ways we have it much easier. We don't have to go through what the people of Israel did to the extent that they went through it. We go through some hot stuff, Father, but not at that level. Thank you, Lord, for showing uh, that you are completely interested in us and that if we would be doers of the word and not hearers only, you have great, great conquests for us in your name. And, Father, I ask that you begin to, to show us, Father, what we can do for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. to the fire 
like an undefeated warrior, like a jealous protector. He fights for us. What can rise up against us? That his love cannot defend us. His power is endless. He fights for us. If God is on our side, if God is on our side, if God is on our side, victory is on the way. If God is on our side, if God is on our side, if God is on our side, victory is on the way.